Champions League certainly didn't disappoint on its return. And after a goalless first half, it was the unlikeliest of heroes who gave Paris the lead at Manchester United. Oh, Paris have got the away goal here! From beyond the far post, Manchester United didn't deal with the danger, and it's the away goal! A thunderous finish from Kimpembe! However, a much more familiar face grabbed their second just minutes later. It's in towards Mbappe, it is 2-0. Killing Mbappe gets his goal. Another swift counter from Paris, who doubled their lead at Old Trafford in a matter of minutes. So 2-0 in Manchester, and it was the same scoreline in Rome, before Porto did this. They've got an opportunity now, and they are back in the tie. Some lackadaisical defending from Roma, who switched off and allowed substitute Adrian Lopez to fire in right-footed. Game on again, Roma 2, Porto 1. All the best analysis and reaction to come from both games, so stay with us right here on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. Welcome to the show, I'm Rob Daly and I'm joined by European football expert Andy Brassel. Andy, great night, great win for Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, it was a terrific night and uh, Paris Saint-Germain, who've been questioned so much in recent days, both in France and internationally, responded in the best possible way. That was a really authoritative second half performance with two of their fantastic attacking trident removed as well. Uh, the first legs of the opening two round of 16 ties finished like this. Manchester United nil, Paris Saint-Germain two, Roma two, Porto one. And we'll begin with the match at Old Trafford where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's rejuvenated United took on an injury hit Paris Saint-Germain. Phil Blacker, watch this one. A left footed from the, the right hand side and it's going to be thundered into the roof of the net. Oh, Paris have got the away goal here. From beyond the far post, Manchester United didn't deal with the danger. And it's the away goal. It's in towards Mbappe. It is 2-0. Kylian Mbappe gets his goal. Another swift counter from Paris, who doubled their lead at Old Trafford in a matter of minutes. The yellow card is out, and that can only spell another one. It is a red. Manchester United's night goes from bad to worse. They will finish it with 10 men. And Phil joins Andy and myself now. Phil, very enjoyable, not just impressive, but enjoyable to watch Paris Saint-Germain in that second half. It was a, a sensational performance, really. I, I don't think that's taking it too far. It's difficult to pick kind of any fault in that display. They, they were so solid at the back and they took their chances, dominated the midfield and were worthy winners in the end. At first half where maybe they were just sort of feeling Manchester United out, you know, all the, the talk before the game was of the role that, that Manchester United were on under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, how they would come out and, and really be the, the dominant force and, and attack Paris, and they kind of sized that up. Uh, had a, a quietly impressive first half, but second half, maybe they, they realised that actually this game was there for the winning and they stepped it up another level and, and were a cut above Manchester United in the, the evidence of that, that second half uh, from the defence which restricted I think just one shot on target in the entire game from Manchester United, a side that had been scoring for fun recently under Solskjaer uh, in the Premier League. Verratti whose fitness had been in doubt going into the game completely dominated really the, the midfield. Uh, Mbappe got his goal, Kimpembe got 
uh, a rare goal, his first ever goal in, in European football. And then, of course, there was Di Maria, who uh, assumed centre stage on his return to Old Trafford with a, a couple of assists and was at, at times unplayable in that second half. Danny Alves, equally brilliant, played a, a crucial part in the late sending off of, of Paul Pogba, which was the last act in a, a really difficult, disappointing night for Manchester United. Lost a couple of players through injury, their first defeat. But uh, this was their biggest test. They made no secret of that. And, and Paris showed why it was their biggest test, because they proved too good. Uh, and they, they should now go through. But it's difficult to pick any sort of holes in, in that performance from, from Thomas Tuchel's team. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Phil. And I, I just feel they set the base for, for it by defending so well in the first half. I mean, even when Manchester United put them under big pressure in possession in the first half, they struggled to create any chances, United, mm. even with the crowd behind them, even with that confidence, even with the sense that Paris were a little bit wounded after what happened to Cavani. He's very unlikely to make the second leg as, as, as well, for example. And in the second half, they, they played such a, a smart, clever game. And I, I think Thomas Tuchel's fingerprints are all over this game. Of course, he's someone who's relatively untested at yeah. UEFA Champions League level. But this is the sort of performance that I think marks out why people make such a fuss over Tuchel. I mean, they did brilliantly. He got such nerve, such poise out of his senior players. Uh, I think you can look at Alves, you can look at Thiago Silva, you can look at Kimpembe, who got booked pretty early on, didn't he? And should have been walking a tightrope after that, but he didn't spare himself any challenges. But then again, he didn't dive in. You look at the way he took his goal, actually, and we always thought, you always thought, Phil, that they could do something from Angel Di Maria's set pieces. And that run, Nemanja Matic had him most of the time. And then he made the sort of run sort of going back around and doing a 360 that any centre forward would be proud of and a wonderfully controlled finish. And then, of course, you expect that sort of thing from, from Kylian Mbappe. But it, it could have been more at the end, a very, very, very good away performance. I, I have to say, I think Angel Di Maria was man of the match. I think that's yeah. right. I mean, it, it yeah. was a wonderful performance. Great corner for starters. Maybe United should have defended better. But the, the pass, and I'll call it a pass rather than a cross for the goal for Mbappe, we've seen it back now on our monitors, was so ridiculously perfect <laughs> uh, on a night where he was booed by United fans, got a bit of stick and uh, showed them what they've been missing. Well, the range of passing is incredible because, of course, he almost set up a third for Mbappe. when That United ball over were, halfway. Yeah, yeah. which, which yeah. started what halfway in his own half, a perfect pass through to Mbappe. And um, really, it was a great save from De Gea. Really good save because Mbappe was trying to get him to go down and then chip it over him. But, um, you know, Di Maria is a reserved character off the pitch. But on the pitch, you know, he rises to, to every single challenge. And he, he did so again tonight. Do you think there's a case, and I read it elsewhere today, that because he isn't the main man, he, he probably actually prefers that. He prefers to have a couple of figures in the team, like he did at Real Madrid, like he does now at Paris Saint-Germain, that he isn't the focal point of all the attention. He can just get on and, and be brilliant like he was tonight. Well, may, maybe that does suit him, but tonight he is the centre. Yeah, because, he was. Because there's he no was. Cavani, because there's no Neymar, and because he's going back to Manchester United. And I, I think he, he dealt with all that absolutely fantastically well. I think we have to have a word for Marco Verratti as, as well, who was nowhere near 100% match fit, but gave them an absolutely terrific 75 minutes, um, just as he did when they beat Barcelona 4-0 a couple of years ago, and he was absolutely pivotal in that, even, even though he's on one and a half legs. Um, so th this is a really great situation for, for Thomas Tuchel. He'll have a few players back, 
for that second leg. So maybe he can spare some of his players. Uh, maybe there'll be a bigger part for Leandro Paredes, who, of course, trained as a number 10 in Argentina. So he's got that same sort of care with the ball in the deeper midfield uh, position. Of course, came on, didn't he, for Verratti in that second? Yeah, but I think it, it kind of reminds you as well that actually... All the experience in this tie, you can talk about the injuries, and they are big injuries. There's no getting away from it. There's a lot of experience in that Paris Saint-Germain team, and that really showed in the second half against Manchester United, who perhaps don't have that quite as much. I think, in a way, the injuries, and I'm not saying had Neymar and Cavani been available, you know, they may even have gone on and won by more, but you kind of touched on it, Andy. I think their absence enabled Di Maria to, to seize the game mm. in a way that perhaps he wouldn't have been able to do had those other two been playing. I mean, how do you try and balance all of those attacking talents in that, that same side? I think Thomas Tuchel's hand was forced to an extent by the fact that he didn't have two of his main men available. And of course, if they are fit, then they're always, Starting. I think, really going to play. Yeah. But the fact that they didn't, is what enabled Di Maria to, to step up a little bit more than we might have seen ordinarily. But I, I also do think the fact that he was coming back to Old Trafford and perhaps partly the reception that he got just inspired him even further. And he has the qualities, as we saw, to respond with the, the most eloquent of statements with his, with his display. It's worth noting, of course, that Paris Saint-Germain came to this missing two of their front three. And by half-time, Manchester United had lost two of their front three with injuries to Martial and Lingard. How much of a blow was that, Phil? It was a huge setback, I think. I mean, to lose one of them would have been bad enough, but the, the, both of them, so important in the way that, uh, that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer plays. And I think particularly Jesse Lingard, because he can play from a, a wide position and, and, and cut in, but also he can play almost like as a, as a false nine and then Rashford goes wider. He's the one that kind of gives them more options uh, in that role, and he's been in such good form. I know they kind of all have, but they've been in good form as a unit. And when two-thirds of that attacking three disappear at half-time, you almost have to start from scratch again. And I think Paris profited from that. Uh, they'd put themselves in the position to do so with, with their first-half display. Uh, but they, they were able to step it up another level. And Manchester United didn't maybe have the weapons at their disposal that, that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would have wanted and would have been planning with um, to really take this game to Paris. He spoke before the match about how it was maybe more difficult to prepare uh, knowing that Neymar and Cavani weren't going to play because he wasn't quite sure how Paris were going to set up. Nobody knew it was going to be three at the back. But then I think he, you know, he was hamstrung by the fact that, that two of his front three uh, were off by half-time. So the problems were piling up. It was kind of one of those nights. But the longer the game went on, the more they, they, they pressed and, and threw players forward. But I think the, the less really you felt they were going to score. Yeah, Lingard, you mentioned him about that force. Actually reminds me of Roberto Firmino a little bit in that quite Liverpool similar. team, yeah. the way he, yeah. he links up the play. Quick one, the Pogba red... Uh, a second yellow, it did, VAR helped with that decision, I think. Was there any argument about that? Well, I think it was, he might have got away with it, but there were, as Phil was saying on commentary, there are quite a few close ones before that. Mm. You know, he, he was... He does that step over thing to shield the ball sometimes, but he's a bit almost careless that with it. That can make it look it? worse as well. Yeah, it can do, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, OK, so second leg, any, any hope for a turnaround? So, because, so... They've got Chelsea and Liverpool next, by the way, mm. uh, United, potentially without uh, uh, Lingard and Martial. And they're without Pogba, we know anyway, for the second leg through suspension. Any hope for United? I think it's very, very hard to see. Yeah, likewise. I, yeah, I, can't, I can't see it. As you say, they've got a really difficult run coming up, Chelsea away in the Cup. Then that, that huge game with, with Liverpool. A couple more Premier League games to fit in before they, they go to Paris. I mean, who quite knows what state the squad is going to be in. But yeah, no Pogba, 2-0 behind. I think only twice, I think I'm right in saying, in the knockout stages of the Champions League as a side who's lost at home in the first leg, actually gone through anyway. But the fact that they've got to do it at the, the part of France from two behind, I can't see it. 
Well, do tune in for the second leg. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> you never know, because uh, you did. Didn't you do the six-one? I did the six-one. Where Paris are concerned in the round of sixteen, you, you should never write anything off. Absolutely. Should you? you should always follow Phil <laughs> when, when Paris are involved in the last <laughs> last round of sixteen. Uh, second leg Wednesday, uh, the sixth of March. Uh, we'll have coverage for you on Match Day Live. And next we go to Italy, where last season's semi-finalists Roma took on Porto in their first leg. Stephen Wyeth saw this one. El Shaawi clipping it in towards Dzeko, slightly off balance, finds Zaniolo, shoots right-footed into the back of the net, beyond the reach of Casillas, and Roma have the goal that has been coming. It's Roma 1, Porto 0, and it is Zaniolo with the goal, his first in the UEFA Champions League. Porto looking stretched at the back all of a sudden, Dzeko, he's got Zaniolo outside him, he doesn't need Zaniolo initially, but when the ball comes back off the post into the path of Zaniolo, he strokes home his second, and Roma's second, and the advantage for them in the tie increases. They've got an opportunity now, and they are back in the tie. Pounced upon some lackadaisical defending from Roma, who switched off and allowed substitute Adrian Lopez to punch on the loose ball and fire in right-footed. Game on again, Roma 2, Porto 1. Uh, Stephen Wyeth joins us now on the show after that game. Stephen, that, that goal does give Porto a massive boost going into that uh, second league. But let's talk about Zaniolo first. We, he was the focus of much of our pre-match build-up. Great performance. And he, he really he really enjoyed scoring those two goals. Indeed he did. Yes, the youngest Italian player to score twice in the same UEFA Champions League match. He has described it as an incredible night. He said he's spe speechless before adding that he would never expect such a thing and that celebrating under the curve was an extraordinary feeling. He went onto the uh, athletics track around the pitch at the Olympico after both of his goals, saying he couldn't describe that feeling, but he hopes to experience it on many more occasions. You wouldn't bet against that at the age of uh, 19. He uh, had an excellent game throughout, looked uh, the, the outstanding talent on the ball throughout the evening and uh, deserved ultimately to be the match winner, even if it might have been under other circumstances, the sense that he was the tie winner already, because certainly Roma have some regrets. Uh, that's uh, how Daniele De Rossi has described it after the match about the, the goal that Porto scored. It, there was an element of fortune about it. Roma didn't deal with the initial ball into the penalty area very well, but the, the pass from Andre Pereira uh, to Adrian Lopez was, should we say it was a slight mishit, to, uh, yeah. to put it kindly. <laughs> it a little bit kind. fortunate to uh, land in the path of Adrian Lopez, but once it had done, he made no mistake with the finish. Uh, noted this, uh, Chris Parrott hosting uh, Match Day Live on Wednesday uh, said, what a talent uh, Nicola Zaniolo is <laughs> and what a piece of business by Roma got him, Davide Santon, and 20-odd million euros for Nyangalan. I mean, that... that Good business by Roma. They clearly have one of the most exciting teenagers in Europe. Yeah, did they go into those did they go into those negotiations with balaclavas on? I mean, that seems like an unbelievable <laughs> deal. Uh, Zani, yeah, he, he, he looks he looks a great prospect. Uh, Roma have been uh, talking up uh, his uh, potential uh, for several weeks now. Uh, De Rossi uh, saying about Zaniolo after the game that he's already a great player. He will become a champion. 
and they know a thing or two about players with longevity and the ability to stick the ball in the back of the net at the Olympico. Steve, what, what about Porto? I mean, it could have been worse for them and it looked like it would be worse for them, um, I think midway through the, mm. the, the, the second half, maybe even a, a little later. But they did finish the game strongly and it was interesting to see their coach, Sergio Concisao, get his team in front of a huddle, in front of the away curva where the Porto fans were at the end of the second half to give them quite a vigorous team talk ahead of the second leg. Yeah, but it was probably a team talk that uh, was delivered in the manner of you've given yourselves a chance here uh, and, you know, the, the, the fans have come a long way to support you and they will be travelling home believing there is an opportunity for Porto to progress. He said it could have been worse for them. It could have been an awful lot better as well because Hector Herrera at 2-1 down curled a shot just outside the post. It looked like it was arcing into the top corner, didn't quite have enough swaz on it. And when they brought Hanani on, he really looked to take the game to Alex Kolarov down the, the Roma left. Wasn't quite able to deliver the final product, but uh, Roma having looked so assured for 78 minutes were reeling a little bit after conceding the goal and uh, when the full-time whistle blew you just got the sense that that really both sets of players were satisfied albeit uh, on reflection it'll be Porto uh, heading home the happier because they, they might have been out of it. it it could have been all over but at 2-1 they've given themselves a really big chance delighted to hear the word swaz on match day live I think that, that well there are a few <laughs> words that describe the concept Mate, of, uh, <laughs> of a ball curling into the top corner better I think Rob you'll find uh, Stephen uh, interesting seeing Sergio Conte out on that pitch at the end of the game with his team in a huddle in front of the away yeah, supporters yeah. I can't tell if he was motivating them going mad what was happening there but I mean he, he is an exciting coach and an animated yeah. one too well there's quite a frank exchange of views between him and uh, Felipe right at the full-time whistle uh, as, as well and I don't know whether that was over the idea of having a post-match team talk in front of the uh, traveling support and Felipe needed some convincing that uh, heading over in that direction uh, for a further chat was entirely necessary yeah he seemed to enjoy his return to the Olympico uh, a stadium he graced with uh, great distinction with Lazio uh, over two spells as a player had trophy success league uh, winning the cup twice and the cup winners cup and uh, was reacquainted with uh, Eusebio Di Francesco who was a Roma player at the time and now the Roma boss so yeah it was uh, it was always going to be a passionate night for him and uh, perhaps he just felt Do you know what it was one of those nights where where things could have ended an awful lot worse for us and the fact that they haven't is uh, is cause for celebration so maybe we should just uh, soak up the atmosphere and remind ourselves of, of what we're playing for in the second leg so, who do you think is going through Steve is it too tough tough to call from yeah that? I think I mean I think I think it's set up beautifully isn't it yeah. you know like, yeah. you know Roma Roma got themselves ahead and deserved so they were really on top at that point they'd been threatening Cristante had come close Casillas was suddenly uh, very very busy Zaniolo had a, another opportunity in between the two goals that he the actually scored scored and you really felt blimey they've just really put the hammer down here Roma and uh, signaled their authority perhaps the greater quality that they've got throughout the entire squad but you know Porto in front of their their home fans you know that uh, with just uh, you know they only need to win 1-0 you wouldn't bet against it certainly not Stephen thank you uh, very much uh, Phil Black a commentator for Manchester United Paris Saint-Germain we've heard from uh, Kylian Mbappe 
we have score of uh, the second goal. Uh, a perfectionist, maybe, certainly given these quotes. I, I said it was difficult to pick any holes in, in Paris's performance in that game. Well, he has uh, managed it, not entirely happy, despite <laughs> the, uh, the goal and the 2-0 victory. He does say it's fine. The next round is close. We're happy. But there is still a, a game remaining. We'll prepare over the next three weeks to, to try and ensure we go through. But he does say that they experienced a dip in fitness in the last 20 minutes, which they will, uh, will have to work on. And also pointed out that the formation was rather new and it, he felt that it took them time to adapt to that. He said the midfield was crowded. Manchester United were, were pushing to score early in the second half. But once they managed to, to get the first goal, uh, they, they quickly scored the second and went on to win it from there. But Mbappe insisting that there's still plenty to work on. Mm. Yeah, Le Keep have been reacting to it. The French Daily Sports newspaper as well saying many promised them hell in Manchester, but eventually uh, PSG knew how to make Old Trafford their theatre of European dreams this Tuesday night. OK, tomorrow night, by the way, on a match day live. Great games for you once again. Ajax take on uh, Real Madrid. Ajax in relatively good shape in terms of injuries to the squad. Telly Fico had dealt with a, a knee problem. Real Madrid without Isco, although he's not really been playing much under uh, Santi uh, Solari anyway. And then, of course, we have uh, Spurs, Borussia Dortmund. Andy, you'll be... At Wembley for that one. Big injuries for Dortmund. They're missing key players. Royce, Paco Alcacer, Julian Weigel. Is that going to make things tough for them, even though Spurs haven't got Kane or Deli Alley? The stretch at the back, and um, I think the, the pace of Son and Lucas Moura is something that's going to be absolutely vital for Tottenham. But, of course, Jaden Sancho playing in front of all his, all his family. He's very excited about that, coming back to London and in great form at the moment. A bit too excited, in fact, because he actually forgot his passport going to the airport and it delayed the flight I mean why would you need your passport in England oh yeah because I'm in Germany <laughs> he forgot uh, it's going to be very exciting he's from around the area as well I understand so um, he said that it's going to be a very special moment playing in front of his friends and family at Wembley Stadium uh, it's going to be an absolute cracker one of the ties of the round uh, gents thank you very much for your company tonight on uh, UEFA Champions League match day live that's just about all we have time for a reminder what's happened in Tuesday's games Manchester United United nil, Paris Saint-Germain two, second half goals from Pascal Kimbembe and Kylian Mbappe seal the victory. Paul Pogba, of course, sent off late on and he will be suspended for the second leg. And Roma two, Porto one, Zaniolo with both of Roma's goals before Adrian Lopez pulled one back with 11 minutes to play. That tie is very much alive going into the second leg at the Dragao. Uh, join Chris Parrott and the team from 1930 Central Europe European time on Wednesday night for full commentary of Ajax against the holders Real Madrid and of course we have extended updates from Tottenham Hotspur against Dortmund at Wembley. Until then from Andy Brassel, Phil Blacker, Stephen Wyeth and myself Rob Daly it's goodbye. A left footed from the at the right hand side and it's going to be thundered into the roof of the net. Oh Paris have got the away goal here from beyond the far post Manchester United didn't deal with the danger. It's the away goal. It's in towards Mbappe. It is 2-0. Killing Mbappe gets his goal. Another swift counter from Paris, who double their lead at Old Trafford in a matter of minutes. El Shaawi clipping it in towards Dzeko. Slightly off balance. Finds Zaniolo. Shoots right-footed into the back of the net beyond the reach of Casillas. And Roma have the goal that has been coming. It's Roma 1, Porto 0. And it is Zaniolo with the
the goal, his first in the UEFA Champions League. Porto looking stretched at the back all of a sudden, Dzeko, he's got Zaniolo outside him, he doesn't need Zaniolo initially, but when the ball comes back off the post into the path of Zaniolo, he strokes home his second and Roma's second. They've got an opportunity now and they are back in the tie. Some lackadaisical defending from Roma who switched off and allowed substitute Adrian Lopez to fire in right-footed. Game on again, Roma 2, Porto 1. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.